Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're practicing social distancing. We are certainly very excited to have you with us here today. We have a great episode lined up for you. We're sitting down with Kate Bryan of the Small Things blog. Kate is an OG influencer. She actually got her start back when she was working at a beauty salon and looking to create videos for her clients. She put them up on YouTube. She put them up on her website. She also put them up on Pinterest and she went viral on Pinterest. But I'm going to let her tell the rest of that story. We're going to sit down and talk to Kate about a variety of things, not only how she got started, but what it's like to be an influencer during this very difficult period of time, how she has approached her business, her followers, her platform in general, and advice that she has for other influencers going through this very difficult period of time. We also talk about the boundaries that she set up for herself actually a while ago and how they've helped her manage this crisis as well because influencers live their lives very publicly. So she needed to create some space for herself that was still private. So let's get to our conversation with Kate. Kate, thanks so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to jump in. But before we do that, can can we just start with your background? Like, how did you get your start as an influencer? Sure. So I went to beauty school during high school. I knew at a really young age I wanted to work in that industry. And so I ended up graduating high school and finishing beauty school at the exact same time. Wow. Congratulations. That's that's quite a feat. <laughs> yeah, it was great because I knew exactly what I wanted to get into. And so I ended up going to college, but I knew in my heart, like, I wanted to do hair and work in a studio. So I started doing that while I was finishing up college. And then when I finished, I owned my own little studio and was doing hair and just living the dream, really. And I started creating video hair tutorials for my clients kind of when I was starting a new studio in Raleigh because I had a lot of spare time and I didn't have a place that I could easily direct them to do their hair at home and watch a video to see how to do it. Um, So I made these video tutorials as a resource for them and put them on a generic website that I had started just for fun. And right around that time, Pinterest had come onto the scene. And so I decided to pin like the final look of one of the video tutorials to Pinterest. And it essentially went viral, which was just kind of crazy. And so I got to see, this was in 2011, I got to see at that time that people beyond just my personal clientele in the studio were finding these video hair tutorials really helpful. Um, So at that time, I decided to continue doing that while I was doing hair. Um, And I really got to have this clear vision of what I wanted to do with this website and YouTube channel. Um, So that's how I got started. It all started with these video hair tutorials. And then it has since grown into... Um, more makeup demos and product reviews. And after having a few kids, um, I had my first son in 2013. I started integrating a little bit more family and lifestyle content into it. But it's always it's always remained a beauty blog and it will uh, forever. But that that was how I got started. And now you're across all different platforms. You were clearly an early adopter of Pinterest because I remember when Pinterest was just getting started, it was that 2010, 2011 timeline, but you've expanded into different platforms. So what does your platform now encompass? What are the different uh, social media sites and, and websites that you encompass? Yeah, so the main hub is always the website, the small things blog that's never going away. Um, you know, with with different social media channels coming onto the scene, I'm present on them, but the main homepage is always going to be the smallthingsblog.com. And then I have a YouTube channel that I started at the same time I started the website. 
And then, of course, Instagram. Um, I, I've just dipped my toe in the water of TikTok. I don't know if that's really a place <laughs> for me, but if something's popular, I got to check it out. I think that's just a part of being um, online is you got to have your kind of know what's going on with with trendy apps and places to be. Um, and then, of course, Pinterest, I've I've maintained there as well. Just it's such a beautiful website to share images and tutorials. So since that was kind of a starting point for me, I've maintained my Pinterest activity as well. Yeah. And Pinterest is is kind of low-key, super popular right now. Everybody talks about TikTok and everybody talks about Instagram. But Pinterest is done really, I mean, on the corporate side, done really well as a business, which means that people are super engaged. Yeah, that's true. It is kind of like the unsuspecting website that you wouldn't think, and since it doesn't get as much conversation with young people, um, you think, well, who's on Pinterest anymore? But I'm telling you, you still need to be there. <laughs> That's absolutely right. So you obviously have been at this for a long time, and clearly this is the first time that this industry has gone through anything like it's going through with the coronavirus. I want to talk a little bit about your mindset, your business, but let's start first personally. What was your immediate reaction when all of this started a couple weeks ago? Yeah. So my immediate reaction was uh, just nervousness and fear. I hated the unknown of what this meant for my family, for my peers, just the the huge unknown of it. And I kind of fluctuated from day to day between thinking this is going to be fine, kind of giving myself pep talks of just taking the news for what it was that day, trying to learn as much as I can with still protecting myself from how much information I was consuming about it. Um, And then other days I would be really nervous about the huge uncertainty that lay before us for the next several months. You know, at first it was like, we might have to stay home for a couple weeks and then it was maybe a couple more weeks and things are going to be closed for a couple months. So it has just maintained a huge question mark of when we're going to get back to normal life. Um, so yeah, I, I would say good days and bad days. Yeah. And how do you stay focused? How do you how do you try to mitigate the bad days and pump up the good days on a personal level? So I think now that it's been kind of the norm for us for the past few weeks, I've learned to control when I take in the news. Um, and so I never really check the news at the beginning of the day. Um, for me, that's an end of the day thing, just to have some time to think about it. Um, I don't want to start my day with bad news, and it seems to be consistently bad news right now. Um, so for me, just controlling what I'm consuming, and then also my husband, Justin, I'll tell him, like, I, I don't want to talk about it today. I don't want to think about it, not because I'm unaware or pretending like it's not happening, but I just need to protect my mind and fear. Um, and I have to be really strong for my kids and make life as normal for them as possible. So I'll just tell him like, just don't, don't tell me anything and I'll let you know when I'm ready to talk about it. So just really controlling the consumption, I would say. Yeah. And setting up a structure for yourself because you have a lot of other people relying on you, not only your kids, but your followers. How have they responded? What have you seen in the comments, DMs that, you know, you're getting on a daily basis? Yeah, I think a lot of the responses I'm getting are things that I'm nodding my head in agreement with. Um, people are nervous. They're unsure. Um, there's, a at the beginning, a huge financial concern and now real financial trouble um, with people losing their jobs and being furloughed when they thought maybe they were safe. And it's it's just such a scary time for so many 
careers and industries. And um, I heard from a lot of people who have either a spouse or someone that lives in their home that works in healthcare that are terrified, um, or they themselves are nurses or doctors, and they're just nervous about being around it. So there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is the overriding kind of theme here. The the biggest issue is the uncertainty, because Mm -hmm. when you can control something, when you know what it is, like, for example, the flu, we have a really good grasp on what the flu is. The statistics over time have been really good about, all right, this is how to deal with it. Here are the vaccines. But now we don't know who has it. You could be asymptomatic and not have it. And so I think that the uncertainty uncertainty really wreaks havoc on our ability to plan because we are creatures of habit, right? We just yes. want to be able to set a plan, execute on the plan, and have some sort of normalcy and routine. And now we can't really have that. And for a lot of people, uh, the biggest fear is not even getting the virus, but what the world looks like when it's over. For sure. I mean, we have no idea when we're going to resume normalcy here really at all and what even normalcy is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the hope is that that happens in relatively short order. We're over the weekend knock on wood, we're starting to see some positive movements. Obviously, there are certain parts of the country that are really uh, affected uh, more tremendously than others. In the interim, I guess all we can do is listen to the experts, do what they're saying, and hold on to the fact that that is the best we can do at this point. Staying home and social distancing is the best thing we can do. And we got to trust that this is going to pass and we're going to be able to recover from it all. So obviously, with all these concerns, you are a public figure. You have millions of followers across all of your different platforms. What do you see as your role in this as an influencer? So at the beginning, I made a decision and announced pretty early on stories I'm not going to be a COVID-19 resource. I'm not going to share news. It's not because I'm not paying attention. It's just because I'm not a news person. I'm not a medical person. So don't come here for that. And I really wanted to maintain normalcy for my own personal comfort. Um, And then also for those that follow for beauty and lifestyle and family, everything in life seemed to be ripped away that was normal. But what I could keep doing was what I was doing on Instagram stories already, which was sharing little peaks of my daily life, sharing beauty content. And so I wanted to be able to offer something that felt really normal for followers since a lot of normalcy got ripped away. And it's interesting because before this, you and I chatted a little bit about boundaries that you had set up for yourself. Because obviously being an influencer, there's this constant tension between what you share and what you don't share, because effectively your life is your business and your business is your life. Tell us a little bit about those boundaries you actually set up a while ago and how they've helped you during this this crisis. Yeah. So when I became a mom in 2013, honestly, even during my pregnancy, I got to see pretty early on that this was my, this was my first pregnancy, first baby, and it was a lot of unknown and scary things. And so sharing a lot of personal details about it felt um, too vulnerable. It felt like I was going to set myself up to um, just be too emotionally invested in the input of others who truly had only a small fraction of, of what my life was at that time. So I decided mm-hmm. um, really in, in entering into motherhood that I needed to set up some boundaries for myself about what I wanted to share in motherhood, in my personal life, in my marriage, just all of those really sensitive topics. I talk about some 
but I have really clear lines set of how far I'll go and how personal I'll get. Since I had practiced setting up those boundaries, um, I instantly put those in place for talking about coronavirus or COVID-19. And I just knew that um, I needed to kind of keep that off of my channels, whether that was the blog or Instagram or Instagram stories, but I could acknowledge how I was feeling. Um, So I was okay talking about like, this was a hard day or I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Um, It's hard to suddenly be teaching your kids uh, things at home that they would be learning in school um, because everyone was in this together. You know, there's not been a time in life ever that we've all been going through the same thing. So this is a really great time to connect with people on a true level of, hey, we are all in this together, guys. But I just needed to set up just some boundaries of how far I was going to go to protect myself and then also to um, just be positive and uh, just a distraction for followers. It's interesting that you point out this is the first time that we've ever, all of us, every single one of us has been affected by something and going through something at the same time. And it's interesting, there's this principle and concept around relationships born out of crisis are often very strong and stronger than, you know, in any other kind of situation or scenario. And so you're kind of seeing that firsthand. You're seeing the connection. You're probably seeing the connection with other moms who are trying to teach their children things or other dads trying to teach their children things that they would be learning at school. You know, you're seeing those bonds created in real time, which has to be fascinating. Yeah, it really is incredible. And overwhelmingly, I feel like there's support and encouragement and we're all trying to do the right thing and stay positive in a time that it's sometimes really hard to feel positive. Are you getting some of that positivity? Are you getting some energy? Are you getting some tips, even tricks from, because usually you're the one doling them out, right? You've built your business on, hey, I'm going to show you how to do all these amazing things. But are you getting some of that back now from your audience? My favorite thing that I've gotten is just more sharing of whatever is going on in their lives and more suggestions of what type of content they want to see. Um, In the beginning of all of this, like maybe day two or three when this coronavirus thing was really hitting the States and starting to shut down um, our normal life, I was telling my husband, Justin, like everything I know how to do, I feel that it is getting ripped away and I don't know what to do anymore. Um, Like nothing feels like it is of any value. I don't know what I'm supposed to do on the internet because everyone's panicking. And I just kind of spiraled in this worry of not, not being sure even of what I was supposed to do. So hearing from followers or getting emails from readers telling me, we really want to see drugstore demos because I lost my job and I don't have the same uh, skincare or makeup budget that I used to have two weeks ago. Um, One specifically was, I'm going to need to cut my son or my brother or my husband's hair because he still (laughs) needs to go to work. And That is a um, universal concern, myself included. (laughs) It is, right? And all all the salons close, which I think is the right thing to do, but everyone's stuck at home. And for a lot of people, they still need to look professional for their, their job, whatever that is, whether that's in healthcare or if they're um, going into whatever office for for this time. So I shared a really candid, um, basic men's haircut tutorial on Instagram stories. And I actually put it on YouTube as well. And it's been a huge success. And I'm so encouraged to hear from, from people that watched it or have shared it, that 
they didn't totally mess up their guy's haircut. And I'm like, well, that yeah. was the whole point because um, <laughs> we still need to do those basic things. And while it's right. not, not forever, you know, I'm sensitive to stylists that work in salons. I'm not trying to take away their business and have everyone start doing home haircuts. But for right now, that is your only option. Right. So oh, believe me, me yeah. the stylists will not go out of business after this they, is all said and done. That's that's going to be one of the first places people go. <laughs> Rich, you have no idea what these stylists are in for because the amount of home hair color mistakes and home haircut oh, mistakes. Boy. Like, oh, get ready. It's yeah. going to be flourishing. Yeah. But I think that's a really interesting thing because for, for argument's sake, you felt a little directionless because you felt like everything that I've done up to this point seems somewhat trivial compared to not everything, but the things that I'm sharing online seem somewhat trivial compared to what's going on in the world right now. And you almost felt directionless, but it's, it's interesting. Your audience gave you direction because they needed direction. You turned around and gave them tips, tricks, and direction that could, you know, push them forward on this path, give them confidence, give them a framework with which to attack this new normal. It's really an interesting cycle that you went through uh, where your audience gave you direction and in turn, you gave them direction. Yeah, it was, I'm so grateful now to look back. And of course, there's um, just going to be so much reflection of this season of our lives, all of us really. Um, But I got to get back to the origin of why I started this in the first place and why I named it The Small Things. Um, everything did suddenly feel very trivial. Um, and then I was quickly reminded that, yeah, even mascara or lip gloss, it is trivial. Does it matter in the long run? No, not really. Um, especially now, ma- what matters is health and safety. But is it uplifting and maybe a fun distraction or something that boosts your mood a little bit? Yes. And there's value to that. There's a tremendous amount of value in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think now more than ever, while that doesn't need to be the deep down focus, it's a great distraction and it's a little taste of what life used to be. And it can maybe calm our nerves for a minute and just get us out of this um, cycle of fear that, that we're in right now. Absolutely. And simple things like looking at yourself in the mirror and, and being able to, you know, whether it's mascara or having a decent haircut as a guy and saying, oh, okay, yeah, I can do this. Giving yourself a little bit of uh, kind of extra motivation and momentum. It's, it's a big deal. And, and like you said, giving yourself a little distraction, pulling your mind away from whatever the news might be saying, it's not trivial. It's, it's actually super important to maintain that sense of normalcy in what is a very abnormal time. Yeah, I totally agree. Another side of this is the business side of influencing. We talk a lot about small businesses being in trouble. Well, influencers run small businesses. You run a small business, right? Uh, I don't know what the exact cutoff is for something to be quali- qualified as a, a small business, but that's what influencers are doing. So tell us a little bit about how this has all affected the business side of your work as an influencer? Sure. So pretty early on, um, I started to hear from some long-term partners I've been working with to just press pause on sharing any sponsored content. Um, So I have a few different brands that I'm working with right now on long-term projects, meaning I put out content for them on a regular basis, whether that's monthly or a few times a year. Um, and, And I'd say within the first week of it really um, coming to the States kind of mid-March, I heard from brands saying, don't publish anything. You can still send us your drafts uh, for us to approve it, but don't publish it yet. Everyone was sort of reeling 
Um, so that was the first change I saw. And a second change that happened pretty quickly was getting pitched for some new projects that made a lot of sense right now. So things people could do at home, um, just things that made sense in this season of staying home and kind of having, for some of us, not all of us, but for some of us, a little bit more space and time in our lives. This was a, a, a good time to advertise or market whatever business that was. So I saw some brands hit pause and let them kind of get their feet back under them and figure out what, what their strategy is. And then other brands sort of jump at the opportunity to advertise and market their product. Yeah, that's re it's really fascinating. Some doors are closing, some doors are opening. People are, brands and, and other companies are readjusting budgets to go from live events to online advertising because really that's the only thing that exists right now. What what about the, the affiliate side? Because obviously that's performance-based marketing. Um, have you seen any interesting trends there? Yeah, from the affiliate side, um, I saw pretty quickly that any like luxury or more expensive item that I was using an affiliate link for was not getting the same amount of traction as it did a month or so ago. Um, and people were more interested in lower priced, easier to access items, which made sense. Everyone had financial fear instantly. Um, and I saw a few brands hit pause on their affiliate link usage. Um, and I started to wonder, gosh, are, are they going to hit pause on all of it? I wonder why they're doing that. Because while the shopping and uh, spending has changed, like you said, Rich, it's only online now. So it actually seems like that would be something you'd want to maintain. Um, and then pretty quickly, a, a few of those brands that did pull back ended up jumping back in and... Um, it was just, I mean, a true scattering of everything when it first started and businesses just needed like a, a week or two to figure out what they wanted to do. Um, so now I'm seeing affiliate links stay pretty consistent. And um, I think influencers just need to be mindful about how their audience's spending is going to change and not pretend that it's not going to. Um, so to be more thoughtful and strategic in what kind of affiliate links you're using um, I think that's important. That was going to be my next question. How do you, taking a step back, you obviously run a business. You need revenue to support your business and your personal life as well. Like you need to pay your own bills. You need to pay the people who work with you and work for you. How do you balance the need to run your business and generate revenue with, hey, things have changed. People's budgets have adjusted. How do you balance those two things? Well, I think this time is a really great time to focus more on what you're offering online, whether that's on your website or on social media channels. Um, I've seen this trend in being an influencer that it, it can turn into a lot of uh, like forced buy this, swipe up for this every day. Um, and, and for some people that works, for me, and, and one thing I always thought about is, why on earth are people coming to my website and Instagram? Like, let it not only be for what shirt I'm wearing. I, I have to offer more than that. And so in this season where spending has changed, I think this is a great time to focus on what do you offer as an influencer that people can't buy? Um, what makes them feel connected to you, to feel comfortable with you? What would make them want to share your Instagram feed with their friend? Um, so to focus instead on what you're offering that maybe isn't something that they could buy um, to just build that loyalty and connectedness with your followers. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. This is not necessarily 
the time you need to maximize monetization. I think this is the time you need to maximize that connection. And there will still be monetization opportunities during this time, but really focusing on that connection because this will pass. We will get through this. And when we are on the other side of this, you want to have engendered a lot of goodwill and trust. And you could really do a number on that trust if you're hawking products right now and not being thoughtful and, and being tone deaf about what's really going on. I think that's really a really great point. And so what's the, what would you say kind of in the context of all of this, what's the, what are the biggest things or thing that you have learned so far during this crisis? The biggest thing I learned was just the value in the connectedness you have to um, your followers, you know, in thinking about this as an influencer. Um, it's so important to me that people that follow me on Instagram or that read the website trust me um, that they they leave feeling more uplifted and positive instead of um, feeling less about themselves. So I learned that trust and loyalty are really the two biggest components of, of what you can gain with your followers and readers. Um, and then also just a reminder of what I need to focus on it as an influencer. Um, and that's helpful content for whatever's going on in life. You know, when, when salons are open again, it's not going to maybe be haircut tutorials, but there's going to be different things happening in the world um, that I have an opportunity with the reach that I have to provide, hopefully, helpful and interesting, perhaps entertaining content for. You have to adjust to the times. And, and along those lines, have you been connecting with your audience in any unique ways that you perhaps weren't beforehand? I'm spending more time responding to direct messages and emails. Um, that is something I, in my work time, I really have to prioritize what gets the top of my day and what can be left to the bottom. And I unfortunately just generally don't have the capacity to reply to everyone. But right now, since we're all so isolated, I feel like it's more important than ever to take maybe a little time away from content creation and put a little bit more time into sitting down with my phone and replying to DMs, responding to comments, and just encouraging more of that connectedness since people are feeling so lonely and isolated. The connection that you've developed over the years with your audience and that you're developing now, do you think this is going to be stronger, weaker? You know, How is it going to change after this crisis is over and people kind of go back to whatever the new normal is? I think what can change here is people really assessing what they're putting in their minds and what they're spending their time on. Um, you know, not only was there the the career and job and financial fear initially, it was also all, all of your friends got pulled away, your family, just everything that you spent your time on was changed. And so this is a season of figuring out what do I actually care about? What do I want to bring back into the fold? once life is back to normal. And so I think, and I hope, uh, people that are online and following influencers are going to really assess if, if that's good or bad for them. And so in this time, my hope would be that people that follow me or whoever they're following, really, this is for everyone. Because being an influencer is, I mean, that's an important role. Um, you have to think about how you're uh, what what you're offering to followers, and and hopefully that is a positive connection um, and something that helps their life in some way, even if it seems trivial. Um, 
it would just be so much better to be focused on something that's a positive message instead of something that takes away. Absolutely. And what advice would you give to folks who are running businesses like yours who are trying to navigate this time? I'd say my advice would be just to give a lot of thought to any comment you make, whether it's in a caption or a long form blog post about what you're saying about life right now. Um, being extra sensitive to your readers. And I always try to imagine, um, not a worst case scenario, but I want to imagine a reader of, of my caption or blog post that might be going through an extremely hard, scary time when I'm writing so I can just be sensitive to what they're reading. Um, so my advice would be to be more thoughtful than ever before about everything you're putting out um, because everyone's vulnerable and sensitive and feeling really like raw and nervous about everything, the worst thing you could do is be really insensitive uh, to just this vulnerable, scary time. I completely agree. Uh, and to end on a high note here, I've got a surprise couple questions for you. Oh, boy. First of all, your favorite TikTok that you've seen so far. I know you're new, you're new to the oh, platform and just waiting in, but I'm sure you've seen some things that you find funny. Best one you've seen so far. Okay. I don't even know how to talk about <laughs> it, but and I would say generally any TikTok about a cat. Oh, really? I'm down with. Really? Yes. I'm a cat person. Yes. I have one cat uh -huh. now. And um, just the cat TikToks with the like speaking in the okay. background, like humanizing cats always has me mm -hmm. laughing. So that, that's my that's vibe, vibe right, right now. now. Nice. All right. And what's the best kind of creativity or piece of art or thing that you've seen created that has clearly been influenced by the fact that we have to self-isolate and we have to quarantine ourselves in our homes? People who have looked at this situation and said, okay, well, here are the tools around me. I'm going to use them and have created something that you've thought, wow, that's really unique and creative. Man, this is a hard question. But what first came to mind and something that I've personally been enjoying is um, just cooking more. I know that might be a little bit of a reach, but um, just more creativity and fun in the kitchen because you're in the kitchen every night uh, for dinner unless you're getting takeout, which may be going away. But um, so I, I like seeing the different the greater variety of food and being inspired by what people are cooking since we're all kind of doing that more than ever before. No, that that's very true. And being able to create interesting concoctions and even cocktails from whatever you have in the house. I think that has been, you know, it's great. And it's fun too, because you can replicate that in your own home. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's one of the nice things. And you get to enjoy it beyond the two to three minutes that you're watching it. You actually get to savor whatever it is you've cooked. And, and there's a feeling of accomplishment there too, I think. Oh, for sure. Well, and it just gets you out of a rut because you have to, you know, you have to think about what am I going to get at the grocery store? Cause I don't want to go often. Um, and then being more creative with what you have in the pantry. And it, it's like, it's a nice little challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kate, thanks so much for joining us today. If, if our audience wants to find you, where should they head? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Rich. I um, am always at the smallthingsblog.com. That is the home base. And then you can find me on Instagram. My handle is k 8 underscore small things. I don't even actually remember what my TikTok handle is. Don't follow me over there. It's not, there's nothing good there. Um, but on YouTube, you can find me if you just search Kate Bryan in the YouTube search bar. Well, Kate, thanks again for joining us today. It's been wonderful to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Rich. 
a great conversation. And if you're not already doing so, make sure you check out Kate. Her Instagram handle again is K8 underscore small things, or you can find her online at the smallthingsblog.com. Really quickly before I let you go, I just want to touch on a few key things that I think are really important from the conversation that we had with Kate. First and foremost, she said she controls when she checks the news. I think that's really important, setting boundaries with yourself, with your partner, telling your partner, hey, I'm just not ready to talk about this yet. I just want to focus on my day or focus on my task. You are not only responsible for your own well-being, but also the well-being of others, whether you have kids, whether you have a partner, or even if you just are working, you have to be there for your clients or for your other colleagues. So it's really important to set up those boundaries. Second thing I wanted to point out is she makes a great point. This is the first time in our lives where we're all going through something together, and it really connects us. So go ahead and and use those connections, build those connections, create those relationships. It's incredibly important. And the last thing I want to mention is, is perhaps the most important thing that she said. As an influencer and as a business owner, figure out what it is that you're offering online and focus on that. Why are people coming to you? Hopefully it's for more than just the shirt that you're wearing. And what is it that you as an influencer, you as a content creator, are offering to people that they cannot buy? What makes them feel connected to you? Make sure you're thinking through that now because, as Kate said it herself, people are going to be putting a lot of thought and time and effort into understanding what they're spending their time on, what they're giving mind share, and you'd like to be part of that. So offer them something valuable. Think about it. Focus on it so that you can come out of this with a stronger connection to your following. As always, if you like what you heard today on the podcast, please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a glowing review. It really does help us. And if you want to learn more, head over to trovebusiness.com. We have everything you could possibly need to run your business more efficiently. And make sure to join us next time. We have another great episode coming out next week. And in the interim, please stay safe, practice social distancing. Thanks again for joining us today on Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Gudelari, and we'll see you next time.